Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our text this morning is a single-page letter from the Apostle Paul, who's imprisoned in Rome, to a very dear friend of his and a benefactor of his, a man named Philemon. And what's happened is that Philemon has, is a very wealthy man, and he had a slave that ran away and, and escaped from the regions of Ephesus to, to Rome, and I believe that he actually sought out the Apostle Paul, found Paul in prison, and because Paul had spent a lot of time with Philemon prior to this, but he sought him out and, and spent time with Paul while he was in prison. As a runaway slave, according to Roman law, the owner could kill him, especially if he took some stuff. And what runaway slave would not take some stuff for his journey? So if he's going to get killed anyway, he might as well take some silverware and whatever else he might be able to pawn on the way. So this runaway slave, a man named Onesimus, whose name means useful, this man has become a believer. And Paul is appealing to Philemon to take him back, not just as a returned slave and to let him live, but as a brother. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from Paul's letter to his friend Philemon. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our brother, our beloved co-worker, and our sister Apphia, and our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking for a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer to simply ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me 
on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave. For he is a beloved brother because, or, or, he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do me this favor. For the Lord's sake, give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please. Prepare a guest room for me. For I am hoping that, the, that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. So to Mark, Aristarchus, Damas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And may God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So Paul writes this letter. Actually, he dictates the letter. And part of that he wrote with his, old hand, his own hand. He had trouble seeing. So part of it he actually scrawled upon this letter. Gave it to Onesimus. And Onesimus takes it back. Onesimus goes, this slave, this runaway slave, this one who deserves to die by Roman rule, by the law, he deserves to die, carries that letter and knocks on the door. Petrified, terrified at what he might see when that door is opened. So this act is an act that undercuts all forms of the ownership of one person over another. This undercuts any justification whatsoever of slavery. The Christian faith has no justification for the ownership of one person of another. None. And all of the biblical gymnastics that, went, uh, that, that were going on during the 19th century as justifications for slavery constituted such horrifically bad exegesis of the scriptures. There is no instance, no justification for slavery. And yet it's been a part of the human family forever. And to this day, slavery is, is still a part of the lives of many. We have human trafficking in our own county going on primarily up in, up in Immokalee. And it's a disgrace. It's horrific. And in that case, as you well know, it's the coyotes who are victimizing those who are scrambling here to try to get a better living for themselves, this horrific victimization of other people, human trafficking. 
It is our Lord's will that we be free. So Onesimus goes in, and Paul, notice how well he writes this letter. Hi, brother. <laughs> hey, I miss you so much. I pray for you all the time. What times we used to have when we were together in your home and you had that church meeting in your house. It was so good and such a comfort to me now because I hear about the good things you're doing. I miss you. I pray for you. And I know you pray for me. And you need to know that this young man came to faith while visiting with me. Day after day, week after week, I met with Onesimus and he finally came to a place of realizing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he was risen from the dead. And that when in him we can live forever. So he is my brother, my co-worker, my partner in ministry. So will you receive him also as a brother? If he's my brother, certainly he's your brother, since we're brothers. And, and I know you'll do the right thing. In fact, I know you'll do more than is required. That is the calling of a Christian, always to do more than simply that which is required. We're always to go far beyond simply that which is legal, that which is required. We go beyond that. Certainly you'll do far more than what is required. And if it's in your interest, send him back to me. But this man who was useless to you is now useful to me, and I'm sure he'll be useful to you. And by the way, have somebody make my bed because I'm going to come see you if I can. Just to make sure. So Paul in a very deft manner, approaches this, this one who is a dear friend to him and calls upon him to set aside all those things that he could do legally and instead to look at Onesimus with new eyes. Because in Christ there is no such thing as one who is not set free. And if in Christ we are free, we must indeed be free with one another. The question is, do we want to? Do we want to be free? We say that, but do we really want it? We've been looking at Exodus, and we didn't get this far in our Bible study, but there's a point in the 16th chapter, between their being liberated from Egypt and the law given at Sinai, where the people are grouching and mumbling and complaining, and they finally said, at least back in Egypt, it would have been better for us to die back there because at least we sat by those flesh pots and, and had plenty of food to eat and bread to eat, and we had meat and bread and all that good stuff. We should have stayed back there and he, they, they grumbled to Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt, back to slavery. They'd rather be a subjected people. At least they got three squares every day. They want to go back, subject themselves to slavery once again. Do we really want to be free? 
Then Jesus approaches this man at the pool of Bethsaida. He'd been by the pool for 38 years, constantly begging and, and making his living by being an invalid. And Jesus, when he sees him, he says, do you want to be free? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? And he had a perfect excuse. Well, somebody always gets into the pool before me when, when the angel troubles the water. Somebody's always in there before me. 38 years of bad luck. It's amazing. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be free? It's, it's tough because freedom entails responsibility. Freedom means that I have to look at my life and take responsibility for it. I have to look at the lives of those entrusted to me. As a father, I remember when my first was born, I mean, despite the gruesome reality of childbirth, and I did not want to be in that room, I would have rather been out in the waiting room with the LA Times under my arm, but you know, you know, back then it was like, you know, to be really happy, you had to be in the room. I didn't want to be in the room, but I was there. But when Aaron came forth, I didn't realize the change would happen in me. This little baby, I am responsible that she be fed and clothed, taken care of, that she get tennis shoes and that she play soccer and that, that she have that nice new dress for the prom and all that stuff. A switch was thrown. More than just being responsible for me, I was now responsible for a child, a new life. And freedom is tough. It takes discipline. It takes hard work. It takes sacrifice. I asked my dad once when I was home at Christmas time as he was opening this Bible to read the Christmas story. I said, Hey, Dad, how come you've got red, white, and blue ribbons on here? And he said, well, I, when I picked that Bible, it was because I knew... I knew some guys that had died. Bastogne and, and in eastern or western Germany. So I, I picked this so that I was always reminded by, by their sacrifice. The sacrifice that is the price of freedom. And we, we may not have a natural inclination to that which requires hard work and discipline. Our natural inclination might be to sloth, hanging out. Our natural inclination might be just to let somebody else do it for us. The natural inclination might be to simply do nothing. But our calling is to use the gifts that God has given to us and to exercise our own personal dignity and to do what we can to maintain this great gift that our Lord has given to us. And because our nation has been built on the kind of values that have been inherited from the Judeo-Christian set of values, this nation was a direct legacy 
of our biblical heritage and our background. Now, it goes without saying, a lot of that is under threat. Today, even though I know there are, I believe there are no atheists, really. There really are simply people who exchange the true faith for a false faith. But even today, as we see the lines, the, those who are attending church and those who believe are going down and those who have no sense of faith or what's, whatsoever, the, the knowns or the nuns as they call them, that's going up, that curve is going up. So that today we see the, the mainline church in steep decline. And today the people, on the millennial generation, there are more people who believe in astrology than attend a mainline church. So there are some things that are going on culturally that give rise to a sense of, of even urgency, that something be maintained so that our freedoms by, might be maintained. Because without that core reality that says, for freedom Christ has set you free, whether it says to the people of Israel in, on their way out of Egypt, we are heading for the promised land. We are going to a place where we are free. Without that core understanding, maybe we will subject ourselves once again to the yoke of slavery. The sacrifices are great. The blessings that we've received from those who've gone before us and have sacrificed on our behalf are likewise overwhelming. And ultimately, this is rooted and grounded in a belief, not in some, some weird forces running the stars and the planets. This is grounded in an understanding that God made us, God redeems us, and God wants everyone to be free as the waters cover the sea that all would be free. So I am reminded by this great gift of liberty that we have. And I've shared this with you before, but it's a story of a man, Confederate soldier, who in that war, even though he was on the wrong side, he fought for the best that he knew. He fought for what he understood to be the right thing, which we all do in all, of our, in all of our conflicts. But he lost the use of both arms and both hands, essentially paralyzed from the waist down, pardon me, from the neck down. And he wrote this soon before he died. I asked, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. 
I got nothing I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am, among all men, most richly blessed. Whatever our worldly condition, we are, among all people, most richly blessed to be in this place, to be in this time, to be loved by God, to love one another, to uphold one another, support one another, to pray for one another. We are most richly blessed. Will you bow with me in prayer? And, oh Lord, we can't thank you enough. Lord, may we be daily, regularly grateful. May we be overwhelmed by all that you have have given to us and trusted to us. And may we joyfully embrace responsibility as it comes to us and as we present ourselves to those in need. Likewise, O Lord, may we glorify you with all of our hearts and all of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.